0: This August, we want you to remember to keep children safe as we return to school. Always stop for stopped school buses and obey signals from crossing guards. Remain alert and do not use your cell phone in school zones. And remember that car seats and booster seats only work if they are used correctly every time. Do your part to help keep us safe on the roadways. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety
1: and Motor Vehicles. For more important safety tips, visit FLHSMV.gov. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Inside Braves Athletics. I'm Charles Edmond, our producer, Jamario Brooks, back in studio here on the Braves Sports Network, 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org. We are talking on this edition of Inside Braves Athletics. We have Kevin Larry, Lady Braves soccer coach joining us here you can join the conversation 601-877-6595 you can text a question 601-301-2611 you can tweet a question i'm on twitter tall man radio i'm also on facebook as well we are coming to you live from jack spinks marino casim stadium where in just a few weeks the football season will kick off right here against the number 10th ranked team in the fcs Stephen f austin lumberjacks with 30 seniors that's going to be a fun one here in a few weeks, it'll be a fun Lady Braves softball uh, soccer season. We know I keep saying I keep saying Man. softball. I, I am I am off my game here. Apologize for that. Uh, Lady Braves soccer coach Kevin Larry joining us. And he's he, he's hard on me already. Coach Larry, we appreciate you coming on. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> you say softball. I'm late. I'm late. I, I, yeah, yeah I, I completely understand. And, and I understand uh, that uh, in a week you're going to be kicking it off, literally, in all of that as a Southern Utah will be here next week. That match will be in Vicksburg, my understanding. Vicksburg, yeah. And so we'll talk about that. And just talk about getting your soccer team ready for the upcoming season.
0: Um, So in our preseason since we've been on campus, you know, it started off with flying colors, you know, the uh, – players came in in relatively uh, great shape and, you know, the, the, uh, the excitement around the soccer team and what we were, um, um, the, what we plan to do it for ourselves. It was, um, a lot of excitement around the soccer team, but, you know, we had a little setback this week, but, you know, we still stand optimistic and doing, preparing the best we can for the, uh, for the upcoming game next week. And I think, you know, uh, Our motto is against all odds. So whatever you throw at us, we're going to be prepared to deal with it.
1: And getting to know you, I remember when I first met you and just getting to know you as a person, as a coach, the very first uh, workout that you put your team through in the Whitney Arena, you had a bunch of exercise bikes in the gym, and there wasn't a word said. Everyone was cycling in unison, running in unison, and i'm like man this could, this is going to be a tough one here in terms of just how hard you are and your high level of expectations
0: yeah so in all honesty um i've i've tried to do a better job of making sure uh we vet the people that we bring in and make sure that they have the right attitude and work ethic you know um a good way to you know make sure that you get kids on board is to win so we're trying to make sure this year that we're doing everything and we're doing everything in our power to have everybody on board collectively all hands on deck on the training field off the uh you know away from the soccer field making sure that they're behaving as professionals eating right you know getting the proper rest and not you know doing anything that would hold us back as a unit because collectively across the board everyone on this team can contribute so we just want to make sure that we're putting ourselves in the best position possible to come out successful uh, at the end of the year. And it was it was a tough season last year, obviously.
1: 3-14 and 1 last year. You won your first game against uh Talladega. Just just talk about the the difficulties and the challenges of of last season and how tough it was to
0: put it in your rearview mirror. Um we had a few games on our schedule last year that uh I honored, you know, because they were put on the schedule of return games prior to me getting here. and um, I think this year collectively, you know our schedule is a little more conducive to our ability. So we have some games on our schedule that we can we can win. Uh, last year we played a, a, a total of four games in the span of like eight days last year and that's that's taxing it, it was, that was a bit much. and on top of that, uh, I don't I don't really think we had the personnel to, and, and enough personnel to combat, you know, playing that many games. You know, t- substitution, We dealing with injuries and that nature. So it it was it was a rough go, but you know, um, we had players with a lot of resolve, and they didn't quit, and they did whatever they could to make sure that we uh, weathered the storm as best we could. And you know, we the the results don't reflect how well we played. You know, it didn't show up in a lot of the wins losses, but we were in a lot of games where we were fighting hard, and, and we did everything we could to make sure that there were competitive games once we got the conference. And I just think that that momentum and and that expectations that some of the players from last year carry over this year. You know, some of those results will be different this go around.
1: Yeah, and you talk about the resolve and the effort. Seven games last year, coach, were decided by two goals or less. Now we we can we can talk about other sports and football you have games decided by a field goal or less. In basketball, four points or less. In soccer, seven games decided by two points or less. Did that show you, despite everything you had to deal with, how close you were to being better than what you turned out to be?
0: Yes. um, Early on, uh, Jada Ward, Nuzberthalo, our goalkeeper, they were all injured. And that's – those are three starters straight down the spine of our team, and that took a lot out of us. And so we had to, you know, try to make do without them. And that that was challenging. But um, some of those games that were heartbreaking, the, the Alabama State game, we took the lead and, you know, it was those, I, still have bitter taste, I still have a bitter taste in my mouth from some of those games. And, you know, uh, uh, this year uh, hopefully, you know, we can redeem ourselves and come out on top.
1: You can give us a call, six oh one eight seven seven sixty five ninety five. You can text a question, six oh one three zero one two six one one. You can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. We're talking with Lady Braves soccer coach Kevin Larry, as in seven days the Lady Braves will open up the soccer season against Southern Utah. That will be at the Sports Force Complex in Vicksburg. I've been there, coach, mm-hmm. and. uh we had some softball nice. games there and it's really really nice and I live in Vicksburg so there's been that complex has been talked about for years and years and years it finally Came to fruition, and you, you got the you got the soccer complex, you got the softball complex, you got a little football action going on there too. They can conform it whichever way they want it. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that as as we roll along. But let's let's talk about your roster, coach. Okay, um, you've got players from from all over the lot: the Netherlands, Michigan, Ontario, Spain, California, and Georgia. Just break down, if you will, the roster of your of your soccer program.
0: Uh, the Netherlands, uh, Pata, uh her her family is originally from um saint martin's in the caribbean which is a dutch colony but she was born and raised in the netherlands uh she initially was going to chicago state um she decided not to uh set out a year last year and you know me i I, uh, I worked my magic best I could. Now, she, <laughs> <laughs> now she's coming to Allcorn, and she seems to be happy. And she, she, is, she is an electric player, and she um she has great pedigree. Her brother plays professional soccer in the second highest uh, division in the Netherlands. So uh, she has the right attitude and temperament. So I think she's going to be an amazing addition uh, to our program. Um, one of the players that we got late, a uh, young lady by the name of Brianna Johnson from Los Angeles, uh, she she has immediately raised our stock as far as the defense is concerned. She's competitive. She's she's go getter. She's a pit bull a pit bull in a skirt man with a ponytail. She is tough. She is very tough, and I I, I just love what she has to bring to the table. Um, she uh, originally she was going to Portland in Oregon, and you know again, she by the graces of the power that be, she ended up here at Alcorn. Uh, we have a few returners that I think are gonna have amazing year. senior. Uh Jada Ward who uh, in training so far has looked amazing, just she just seemed to be sharp in everything she's do. She's versatile too. She can play center back, she can play the six, she can play attacking mid, she can even play on the wing. So, um those are there's three people that come to mind, and some of the younger players that are coming in as freshmen, uh, Rachel Rudio and uh, Taylor Boudreaux, who was the first player I signed in this recruiting class. Zaya, Zaya, Anderson. So we, oh, we signed the Gatorade Player of the Year from West Virginia. So that's that was, um, uh, you know, I got a lot of calls like I don't know how you did that, Coach Kevin, but that's a great <laughs> signing, man. We we are finding, we were finding a way to get some quality players, man, uh, this year and. i I really am excited about you know what they're going to bring um the players can see it as well Uh, they're pushing each other in training and i just think that um you know just the attitude is totally different than it was last year training is enjoyable so far they show up they want to work not a lot of complaining you know some of the training sessions that we asked them do they can actually do it which is refreshing and so you know that was always frustrating to have kids, you know, at the Division One level that would struggle to do some of the basic things. But now we have kids that are, it's it, it it they, they fit the, they fit the task. So that's a good thing.
1: It is a good thing. And, and just talking about the recruiting and, and what you're bringing in, it kind of brought me back to the interview I did with our baseball coach Reg, Reggie Williams mm-hmm. a few uh, months back, right after the tough season that that we had, just a couple of wins on the year, yeah. and he was saying during the entire season you had players coming in wanting to be a part of the baseball program, despite the record. So obviously last year was tough. Did that, did that elevate the recruiting in terms of getting more players? Is that kind of how it works? I mean, you know, when you're good, you know, people want to be a part of your program, but then it seems like when things are not that great, it seems to help elevate the talent. Is that, is that kind of where this goes?
0: Well, well, luckily for me, I have, um, people in this industry as coaches that I consider men- mentors and friends that keep me grounded and, you know, keep help me put things in perspective when things don't go well. You know, I, I have a good friend who coaches at North Carolina State, Justin Bryant. He's constantly telling me you can't let, you know, the wins and losses define you as a coach. You know, you got to continue to bring in talent and, you know, um, make sure that you get people around. you that's going to help you win, you know. um I throw a name out there Pep Guardiola is probably the greatest coach, one of the best coaches in the world right now. But he's not one of the best coaches if he don't have the players around him to help him put uh put the product on the field that he's trying to to uh, to facilitate. So, um yes, it it's, it's rough, but I tried to make sure that I, you know, have a short-term short-term memory you know, we lose, then we get back out there and try to correct some of the things we did wrong and some of the things we did right. We try to uh, perfect them. And, you know, we line up the next game to do it again, hopefully to get a, a positive result. I know
1: Braves fans always, in, in any sport, talk about recruiting in, in the state and in the region. Yeah. So in the state of Mississippi, in terms of soccer, how high on the picking order is it? I mean, we talk about football, football, basketball, baseball, softball. But in terms of the sport of soccer, the level of talent, the quantity and the quality of talent in this state, from from your experiences and being around as long as you have, what, what, what do you see in this state in terms of trying to get more local, local kids and kids from the state to play soccer? Well,
0: I'm from here, so I, I guess I can speak on this uh, honestly. So I grew up playing soccer in Mississippi and um in my mind I was a very good soccer player and then I moved to LA and I had to take a step back and like oh it's a little different <laughs> Man, how is it I, different I mean just the um, you know I grew up here in rural Mississippi oh, okay. the training the, the 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 quality of coaching and just you know just some of the resources that were provided to me in the late 80s and 90s Went the same as kids who were coming from soccer back Latino backgrounds and immigrants from the islands and West Africa and just kids who played all the time. Soccer here, you know, you, you may play high school or you may play club a year if you can afford it. But in California, kids are playing pickup all the time. It's a year-round thing. It's just a different culture. So they have that working for them. So, you know, I like to think that if I had some of the resources, YouTube, and just you know, some of the training and the ability to go some of the camps that these kids' parents shovel out money to do now, maybe I would have been a, a better player. But I, at best, now that I look back, I may have been an average soccer player. <laughs> so in Mississippi, in Mississippi, you know, soccer is, in, in all honesty, it's um, it's it's behind other parts of the country um, because football and baseball are king here, and kids and and some of these um. You know, more rural areas in the Delta and you know Central Mississippi don't have clubs they can play play for, and and in, in this country soccer is a business, it's expensive, and to play tr- uh, club soccer is, it can be expensive, and some you know some people don't have you know, the means to play club soccer, to go to the tournaments and the showcases and play for the high level and they can't afford to travel as much because, you know, mom and dad may not have the time or the resources to do that. So it's a lot of determining factors that prevent kids in Mississippi from developing, you know, at a rate that kids in other states may. Now, that does not mean there are not good kids uh, in the state, but I just think from a selection pool Mississippi uh, may be behind some of the other surrounding states. So
1: in the region, so let's go a little further out. You talked about Mississippi. What about Alabama? What about Arkansas? What about Louisiana? Um, Just in the southern region,
0: is it kind of the same story? Yes. So you named all, all the states. that. So when you think about the southern region, the best would be Texas, Florida. Georgia has one of the, you know, top girls programs in the country it's called top hat uh so uh you have to venture out a little further uh, more metropolitan area it's a it's a rule in uh club in, in the soccer community it's called a starbucks rule and uh the, the old saying is if it's not a starbucks within five uh five minutes of where you where you're training at probably not going to have a good club the, th- <laughs> the thought is that, you know, people are not willing to spend five hours on coffee, They, they sure ain't going to oh play soccer. Okay. So, you know, you have to think those are some of the things that, um, you know, factor into, um, you know, kids being being able to play. That doesn't mean that some of these kids don't have the ability to go on and do great things, but they just put it at a disadvantage. Um, you know, if more kids that look like me and you and some of these um, uh, lesser affluent communities – were given the opportunity and could play and every day and was given where they were given the proper training. We would have a lot more superstars, you know, from places like Mississippi because we had the best athletes. But you know, soccer is not one of those sports where it's just about you know how fast you can run. There's a lot of the mechanics and science that goes into it. I mean, Hussein both the fastest man in the world. His favorite sport is soccer, but he don't play it because he can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So.
1: How expensive is it for? I mean, because I'm on these different baseball Facebook blogs and trying to get more um, African Americans to play baseball and why <clears throat> why that's not the case at the higher levels of the atmosphere, if you will, and you're trying to play travel ball and, and it's expensive. <clears throat> excuse me, it's expensive. You know, traveling all over the region, equipment and all of that, the camps. So I'm assuming based on what you mentioned there, that it's kind of the same way in soccer. It's not It's not a cheap endeavor. No, it's not. Um,
0: when I was growing up playing youth soccer, <laughs> the fees, if I recall, were like $60 a month, and that was a struggle. My grandmother was like, man, you need to find a sport, pull black you to play. <laughs> this is too much. So now, in 2022, the cost of the fees for a year may be anywhere from seventeen dollars to $2,500 a year. That does not include the uniform. That does not include the travel, to stay in hotels when you go. So that right there is eliminating a lot of kids. If you were playing for a, pro, a club in one of these states that don't provide scholarships, then, you know, a lot of those kids are reduced to just playing high school and recreational soccer, and then you know that you're not going to be able to keep up with kids that play for the Michigan Wolves or uh, some of these ECNL teams and, and Dallas and and LA and Chicago. You just get left behind. So, well, wow. it, it it's is expensive. A, it's a big time investment. Yeah. It's a I say this to uh, the the pyramid in the United States when it comes to soccer is inverted. You know, if just if people like Lionel Messi had to pay 17. Twenty five hundred dollars a year, we wouldn't know who he was. But kids in countries like Argentina and some of these impover- uh, impoverished nations, you know, they play soccer with the intent to go pro to make money. In the United States, kids pay in order to get better so they can go and make money. So that's that's kind of backwards in a in a, in a in a sense. So
1: and when I look at soccer on television, they're playing in front of sixty and seventy and eighty thousand fans, yeah. just like in the NFL. Oh
0: Yes, and so
1: that's that that's a really big deal. Do you do you see the do you see the sport leveling off, or do you see it even getting even more popular with all the games that you're seeing on TV and all the teams that you're seeing in this country, uh, the soccer leagues and, and, and the like?
0: Well, it, it's it's the fastest-growing sport in the country amongst uh, young girls between the ages of, I think, the demographic, demographics are 8 to 14. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's growing. It continues to grow. And every four years, when you get a cycle like the World Cup coming around, there's more. Interest, you know, the World Cup was moved to the winner. so you'll get a few kids that are gain interest because of that, because of the pageantry of the World Cup. So um, I think that more and more kids will play, and even on the boys' side, you know, uh, more and more parents are taking their kids out of football because of the the injury and the health risks with the you know with concussions and some of those things. So a lot more of those parents are putting their kids in soccer and those sports. So it it will continue to grow. You know, I did a little soccer
1: as a kid. Believe it or Man, not, and, no yeah. I mean, I didn't play on a team, but I played with my cousins. Oh, we okay. had this little fun thing in the backyard, and 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 you know what I was? A goalie. A goalie. Ain't no secret. <laughs> you sw- you swallowed gold. Uh, I just I just <laughs> laid across the goal line. That's all I did. Yeah. And uh, but uh, just your lateral movement and all that, I didn't have that. But uh, I thought it was the reason why I I was interested. I love soccer. Being from St. Louis, we had the major indoor soccer leagues, the M-I-L-S-L. God, yeah, and, um, you know, just a little quick indoor soccer story. One of the greatest, maybe one of the greatest soccer players in the world, a guy by the name of Steve Jungle. I don't know if you remember Steve, Steve Jungle. No, I don't. Back way back, way, way back. Um, played indoor so he was one of the. At, the, at that time, the MISL was one of the greatest soccer players in the world and definitely the best at that time in the major indoor soccer league. So that's how my interest in soccer got started from watching the MISL. It no longer exists, but nope. there was they play it in arenas. And, oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was Tampa terrific. Tampa Bay Rowdies. Yeah. It yeah, was I the remember. St. Louis – I can't remember what it was. The St. Louis Steamers. Okay. It was, it was the name of the team, the St. Louis Steamers. But uh, – you know, when you talk about your team, coach, let's 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 get back to that. Obviously, uh, the schedule, and, and we talked about it at the at, at the top. Um, interesting schedule, coach. It starts next week in Vicksburg against Southern Utah, and you've got teams like ULM, Tarleton State, East Texas Baptist, Nichols, Centenary, and Chicago State. Of course, the SWAC games. Uh, I always talk with coaches when they put their non-conference schedule together because I just think we. Swag teams go up against non-conference teams. I'm just really in it because I, we need to win more of those games, and I'm sure you, you know about that. Talk about the how easy or how difficult it is to put a non-conference schedule together in soccer. Uh,
0: Well, some of it is relationships, just knowing coaches and just having that kind of rapport with them, and you know, getting on the phone and saying let's, you know share the sideline with each other and get a game and making it work that way. Some of it is financial, you know, making sure that, you know, longer trips we can get, you know, um, the schools that we're playing to contribute to the, to the, uh, to the, um, this August, we want you to remember to keep children safe as we return to school. Always stop for stopped school buses and don't use your cell phone in school zones. Do your part to help keep us safe on the roadways. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. The endeavor because, you know, funds, when it, you know, as soccer is not one of those sports where we get a big budget and we have to make do best we can and, and a lot of it is just... Um, you know, some teams looking to pick on us. You know, oh. they want to add us to the schedule because they see it. They think they can get an easy win, and you know, whatever we got to do to get you guys here, you know, they'll roll out the red carpet for you. So, uh, it's a combination of, of of different things, but you know, um, it's it's nothing you can. It's something you do throughout the year. You don't wait until the the the, the end of the year to try to put a schedule together. You're putting schedule got uh, a schedule together, even in the midst of the current season. So. um some schools some of the bigger schools like um uh, coach for Arizona State emailed me uh a couple of days ago about playing 2025 like 2025 Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a bad hip I might be done coaching <laughs> it, you know. so but yeah. uh so it it just depends on on the school so yeah. th- that has a lot to do with it a lot of
1: uh, obviously local flavor there with uh ULM um the Chicago state trip obviously a pretty good trip nickel state and then uh, talk about getting Southern Utah playing them I in, mean,
0: uh, getting Southern Utah to come down. <laughs> uh, my good friend Kai, Kai another another black coach. He's uh, from California. Um, this is his second year at Southern Utah. Um, yeah, I, we, we we talked about it the year before, and we couldn't make it happen. He was trying to get us to come to Southern Utah, come to Utah and play them in a UNLV, but financially we couldn't make it work, and you know. He had a rough year last year, and you know he was willing to take the trip down here to play us Valley and Jackson State. So he's he got he got blood in his mouth. He's looking to um, he has something uh, to, to try to prove. So I understand that. But Southern Utah, they had uh, they won two games last year, so they're gonna be hungry. Kyle's a great coach, an amazing coach. I've been you know uh, following his coaching career uh, for a long time when he was at, from the time he was at uh, Cal Berkeley and a few other stops, so he's he's a great guy. that like one thing that, for sure, they're going to be very organized. So, you know, hopefully it's a situation that it's, it's a great game, you know, um, get to share the sideline with somebody who I respect and admire. And I'm looking to come out victorious, but at the end of the day, we just, you know, hopefully it's a, a great entertaining match. Well, if you follow the soccer schedule, it's kind of like basketball. You play a lot of your non-conference games
1: at the start, and then mm-hmm. you dig into swag play.
0: Yeah, so – and I personally think this year, I, you know, once we get past those first three games, um, of course the first game is going to be a challenge because it'll be the first time some of these young ladies have played together. So we got to work out some of the kinks as that, as far as that's concerned. We had a little setback as far as training. We can't train for a couple days. So that's an issue. And But I think, you know, the weather will work in our favor. Hopefully this, this Mississippi heat is not something you get used to in a day and um, we'll see you know i um I'm pretty sure that you know he's gonna travel with a contingent of of, of enough players to sub, to deal with the heat, but at the same time, you know all he can all I can worry about is what we we what we can put on the field, and you know I think we have the talent and the ability to uh, to to surprise some people this year. We'll talk about mixing your home schedule
1: up, but I got a text the other day like. Are we playing our games at the old Henderson Stadium, or are we play them at Jack Spinks. Talk about you know mixing up your schedule a little bit, Vicksburg and playing games here, at Jack Spinks, Marino Castle Stadium. What's Henderson? I don't even know what that is the old Henderson Stadium, the old field behind the baseball stadium. That's the old, that's what we call old Henderson. Well, they
0: used to play the football games. Oh, old yeah, Henderson we, Stadium. No, we we play we play our home games in in the, in the Jack Spinks Stadium. Um, anybody will tell you it's not soccer specific. But the playing surface is immaculate. It might be, and I'm, I'm including uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State and some of the other big schools in the area. Our playing surface might be one of the best around. You know, the dimensions are a little off as far as being a little smaller than what we would like. But as far as the surface itself, it's an amazing uh, feel, so you don't have any excuses as far as, like, the conditions, as far as that concerned. You know, play the first game in Vicksburg that will be on turf. And most plus soccer players, true purists, don't like playing on turf because the ball just travels different, and you know, slide tackling is uh, challenging because of you know the uh, surface. But you know, where we line up, they gotta line up too. So can't make any excuses. So so that the only we'll, the, the only game we, I'm sorry, the only game we'll play off campus this year will be the Southern Utah. We're we'll playing Vicksburg, and a lot of that has to do with the fact. It will be before school start. Hopefully, the idea is to get people in the community in Vicksburg, people who claim to love me being a Vicksburg <laughs> native, to come out and show some support. And, a Vicksburger? A uh, Vicksburger. I'm a Vicksburger. <laughs> yes, yes. So hopefully get a lot of my classmates and, and people in the community to come out to support. Um, we've invested in a state of art art uh, camera system that will be uh, installed into the football stadium. So, if you're not able to come to the games, like, again, we only have one young lady on the team that's from Mississippi. So a lot of our players are from other places. So their parents, if they can't fly down, they'll still have the luxury of being able to log in and watch the game live stream on state-of-the-art cameras. I'm talking about the top-of-the-line that the MLS and some of the big clubs in Europe uh, use. So that is uh, something that we invested in as a Division One program. I thought it was important that we, as we continue to try to bring in players – uh, to reflect a Division One program, we have some of the amenities and do the best we can to give them some of the uh, things that a Division One soccer program should have.
1: Got a quality non-conference schedule. You get into your conference um, conference schedule. I was looking at the all um, all conference uh, preseason team, and not one player on it from from Allcorn. I didn't see that. And no. uh, so, does that is that bulletin board material oh, for, for your team?
0: You got to take that personally. Um, I can guarantee you. Uh, uh, So some of the players we have on the team, they don't qualify because they don't have any data for them to nominate them. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you uh, Bree Johnson will make a name for herself this year. Charlie Bow, who's a returner who transferred here, who went to Arizona State, uh, she's going to have a better year than she had last year. So I definitely will bring that up to the players and hopefully if they have the right, competitive spirit and temperament uh like their coach they'll take they'll circle you know make that a bulletin point and circling and keep it fresh in their mind every time we play some of those schools so they can prove that you know you know the, the those people that are making the votes you know got it wrong
1: that's um that's hard to believe almost but you know
0: yeah we, we well you know what um Sometimes it's not a. You can use it to your advantage, you know. You know, if, if when you get slighted like that, you know the kids can use that as fuel. And, yeah. You know, so we just use it as, as 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 motivation. So it's not the end of the world. We don't play the game on paper. As long as the, at the end of the year, you know, we, you know, we can look back and, and and our play and the things we did, and we're in Houston come November, you know, third through the sixth, and we can look back. I I could take them being slighted now for them to come out on the other end, Victoria.
1: Well, as we look back before we let you go, Coach, um, just the uh, last day or so, the SWAC came out with their 21-22 Academic Achievement Award uh, standings and uh, Alcorn finished second behind Texas Southern. Um, 60% of the student-athletes uh, finished with a 3.0 GPA, 180 student-athletes in the 21-22 uh, cycle uh, also did well. Uh, the Swag commissioner's uh, honor roll. So, obviously dealing with athletics and academics. So, you know, talk about how your team fared there.
0: Well, you know, soccer is one of those sports, especially on the women's side. They usually soccer girls some of the smarter student athletes. Uh, they take the academics uh, seriously. And luckily for us, it's nothing that myself and, and the assistant coach, Coach Jenna, have to harp on. They make sure they get it done in the classroom, and uh, we've had the we've we've been uh, blessed enough that kids that may have challenges in some areas, they have teammates who are experts in those areas, and they help each other out to make sure that they can um, that you know we're having these conversations about how how high our GPA is at the end of the year. So they do do a great job in the classroom, and that's something that you know uh, we. You know that's another win. You know, you know that's a, that's a win that we can add to our uh, another talent we can add to our season as well outside of the wins and losses on the field.
1: You excited? You 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 are ready for this season? Re- re- ready? <laughs> you you're stuttering just like I'm ready. Yeah, we're ready. I'm,
0: I'm 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 excited, man. This is uh this is my favorite time of the year. Of course, you know I've been doing it a while, but I still get butterflies and you know. But that's just you know. Uh, it's just, I think maybe it's the passion in me. I don't know, but I'm definitely ready. We, um, we are going to, I don't like putting a target on, on my players back. Cause you know, again, I, I talk a lot. I talk a lot of crap. That's just part of my personality. So <laughs> I'm not going to do them that deserves by putting a, you know, making them a, a target, but I'm excited and I know they're excited and you know, uh, it's, it's, I feel good about this season, man. This whole summer, man, I was uh, working camps and doing a little traveling, and, and you know, everybody I talked to that was paying attention to some of the people that we brought in, some of the recruits. You know, they were taking notes, and rightfully so, because it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a new day. The day.
1: You just you just raised your voice right there, Coach. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that
0: that means you're trying to make a point.
1: People raise their voices, they're trying to make a point. Yeah, and sure. obviously you want obviously people are taking notice, which oh, is a good yeah. thing.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, we um uh, some of these players who have been here uh, for the two years that I've been here, you know. They, they they want to leave here. Jada Ward is a senior. Michaela Shaughnessy is a senior. And in my opinion, talking about players who are uh, uh, snubbed on the nomination, in my opinion, she's the best goalkeeper in the conference. So that is, uh, you know, and I know she'll take that personally. So these young ladies have every intention, just hearing them talking, just looking in their eyes when we have conversations. They have every intention on leaving this uh, place better than they found it and also leaving out here with some uh, – you know, with some things they accomplished that haven't been accomplished at allcorn in, in the last 21 years as a soccer program.
1: Lady Braves soccer coach Kevin Larry joining us on Inside Braves Athletics. What well, we have coming up on uh, on Monday, we have Braves football defensive coordinator Cedric Thomas will be sitting in this seat where Coach Larry is sitting, and then this time next week at 4:30. We're going to talk Lady Braves volleyball with uh, head coach Vanessa Robinson. She'll be here next week, so that'll do it for inside.
0: Ain't nobody calling. Ain't nobody asking. No, 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 oh, no
1: questions. No, but I think I think we covered everything, Coach. Um, we'll be talking during the course of the season. We, good, we I appreciate, we appreciate your time.
0: it. Thank you, thank you.
1: That'll do it for inside Braves athletics. Always fun to talk with uh, soccer coach Kevin Larry. Laid back, but I tell you, he's as intense of a coach as they come. Don't let the looks fool you. Lady Braves soccer next week against Southern Utah at in Vicksburg at what time? At six o'clock. It's a six o'clock kickoff from the sports force in Vicksburg. Hope you can join us then. We'll be talking with Coach Larry during the season. That'll do it for Inside Braves Athletics. Our producer, Jamario Brooks. I'm Charles Edmond. We'll talk to you on Monday. Cedric Thomas, Braves Defensive Coordinator, will be here. We talked with Elliot Redden a couple weeks back. We got Cedric Thomas coming up. We got Vanessa Robinson, Lady Braves Volleyball Coach coming up next Thursday. We'll talk to you then. So long, everybody.